This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When I first heard it, it was just so confounding to me. You know, I didn't know what to make of it. It was beautiful. It was, or it is, still one of my favorite songs by Kata. And I just couldn't at the time wrap my head around what she was singing about, which made it challenging. And whenever Kate challenges me, I get even more into her music. It was one of those songs where I felt like, okay, I gotta run and start looking things up. Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily Link, and this week we're going to be talking about the second track on Kate Bush's third album, Never Forever, called Delia's Song of Summer. to talk about the song this week. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, uh, Keith Bloomfield DeWeese here, and super excited to be talking about Delius, <laughs> especially in the summer. <laughs> I know. We're, we're, talk, we're recording this, by the way, on July 4th, <laughs> and it is hot down here in Virginia, and we were talking before we started recording here, and you said it was really hot up there in... Uh, in New England, too, as well. Yes, yes, it's definitely summer. And if ever we, you know, there was a time to talk about a song of summer, this is it. <laughs> definitely. And also, as I was, as we're recording this, I hear somebody in the neighborhood lighting off fireworks. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we might have some, a little bit of that uh, rocket's tail uh, going on mm-hmm. in the background as we're doing Indeed. this. Except for the cat, except it's actually rockets and not like a cat's tail on fire. Going, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> we don't want to give the false, false impression. <laughs> Indeed. Why is Delius one of your favorite songs from Never Forever? 
Well, I think um, when I first heard it, it was just so confounding to me. You know, I didn't know what to make of it. It was beautiful. It was, or it is, still one of my favorite songs by Kate. I just couldn't at the time wrap my head around what she was singing about, which made it challenging. And whenever Kate challenges me, I get even more into her music. I, you know, it was one of those songs where I felt like, okay, I gotta run and start looking things up. I did have like an initial, a very, how do I wanna put it? Like there were certain things shooting off synapses in my brain about the song, but they weren't fitting with words like Fenby and NB and you know certain ta 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 and all of that but it was just because uh it was one of my favorites and it came right after it comes right after babushka so you know that's uh that's a plus too never forever was the first album that i actually got when it was released the other two yeah i had to catch up on the other two but back in 1980 i was able to get never forever and it holds a certain special place in my heart because of that. I felt like, yes, I'm there. I'm, I'm in step with all the Euros and uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought that was really cool at the time. So what, what about you though, um, Cecily, your, your thoughts on Delius just from when you first heard it? Oh God, when I first heard it, I was on a bus traveling from Tours, which is in the Loire Valley in France, where they have a lot of it's known for all the different castles. Like, there's a castle that was built over a river that's called Chenonceau, and then there's another castle I visited that looks like it was plopped right in the middle of a lake called Azé le Rideau. And we were traveling in early March, so it wasn't summer at all, like, not even remotely. But we were doing a trip to Mont Saint-Michel, which was about probably about two and a half hour trip, about two hour. Yeah, it was about two and a half hour trip uh, going northwest, I want to say. And I was listening to Never Forever because I bought Never Forever when I was in France in 2006 because we just could I just couldn't find her stuff on the iTunes store. I mean, you can now, but not in 2006. And I bought it from Fnac, which is kind of like the, the French Best Buy. And when I listened to Never Forever, and particularly this song, this song stood out to me. Like the contrast of me listening to this song that just evokes a lazy, hazy summer day. And I was looking out the window and it was snowing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. It was snowing in France. And in this particular area of France, it doesn't snow very much because it's in a valley and it usually gets very humid. And so it just doesn't get dry enough to snow. But as we were driving northwest to Mont Saint Michel, it started snowing. And I was listening to this song and thinking, oh my gosh, I want to be in this song because this song, it feels so warm and lazy and hazy. And I'm looking out here and it's cold and I'm all bundled up and ah, I want to be in the summer. <laughs> and when I first heard it, it was, I wished it was longer. Honestly, this is my favorite track from Never Forever. Oh, cool. It was. It is my favorite, not just because of the memory that it evokes for me of being of that time in my life and being in France, but also 
it is such a beautiful mood piece. It's not really a like a strictly structured song with like, oh, this is a verse. Here's a chorus. Here's a verse. Here's the bridge. This is all about these different instruments together that are evoking this beautiful, like, as the lyrics go, night on the water, like you're standing by the edge of a river and just like watching the sun go down. And it just, it makes you just want to be there in this song, like watching that beautiful sunset and being one with this music. And the fact that it's, was a tribute to a composer who I had never even heard of until I started digging into this song makes it even better. And I wish that the song was longer. I wish there was an extended version or something, but there isn't. I am so with you. And I actually, I think it's very interesting that you heard it in France, Mm -hmm. considering Delius was living in France when he, you know, was working or when Fenby Eric Fenby was working with Delius or for Delius. So that's really cool. I am so glad you had that experience. And what a juxtaposition between snow and all of that and summer, a song of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really very, very interesting. Well, my, my first um, impression and my first take on it, again, I had no idea of who Delius, Frederick Delius was. Mm -mm. And I thought, now this is where I really went off on a tangent with this because, you know, back when this song was released and on um, In Never Forever, the Latin that Kate sings was not part of the lyric. When you open the gatefold, everything but the Latin is there. All the stuff about Fenby and NB, but that Latin isn't there. So my first take on the word Delius was Apollo, the god Apollo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, having been, you know, supposedly uh, born on the island of Delos and knowing I was really mythology since I was a kid was always a big, big component in my life. And so my first thing was like, oh, this is about Delian Apollo. And, mm. you know, and the summer seemed to fit in because of Apollo being a sun god. And, you know, it just, okay, that much, I think I'm getting this other stuff. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just really, and for for quite a while, I just... I kind of accepted um, that that's what it was about, that it had something to do with the god Apollo. But then later, it was kind of interesting because, as I mentioned, I think the last the last time we talked, back in those days, in the, the 80s, I would participate in these exchanges of videotapes where people in Europe would have videos of Kate. We weren't exchanging money. We were just exchanging tapes. So you'd send a tape to put all the Kate Bush stuff on and then send an extra one just as payment in a sense. And when I saw the video for the first time, Mm. it was actually very, very poor quality, as you can imagine. (laughs) I didn't, I couldn't see in the video the wheelchair and the the kind of, um, what do you call it, the throw over Mm -hmm. the figure's lap. I just saw the sunburst and I saw this 
kind of swan maiden, you know, dancing around. Kate is a swan maiden. I was like, okay, this is definitely about Apollo because swans were his avatars and, you know, swans were so associated with him. Still not getting the whole uh, Frederick Delius part of it, but it was later on another video um, exchange that had the uh, Russell Hardy where Kate was was on there and also Eric Fenby and then the whole thing was like oh my gosh now it's explained I totally well I'm gonna say I don't think I went off on a tangent because I think that's the great thing about Kate she and I wouldn't be surprised coming from her you know her very erudite family um, her brother a poet that and her being a poet also you know this this hyper-liberal education kind of liberal yeah. arts household, that she was making a play on this, that here's Delius and, you know, then Apollo and all of that, um, pulling those threads in and um, just letting people make of it. what. And I, I think it's such a beautiful song, too, because you can approach it if you know who Frederick Delius is great. You know, if you don't know then maybe you can go down this other path that I went down. So again, it was a very, it was challenging, but I like to be challenged by Kate. I think that's mm -hmm. what makes it all, you know, her work so much more precious. And like once you get it, you or even if you do project on it, as I was doing, um, continue to do, you know, you, you just, uh, you, you're, you're putting yourself in it in so many ways. Now I'm a Leo. So um, the sun is my symbol. And again, summer is my season. I love summer. I'm not a sun worshiper. I'm, I can't go out in it. I've got that, you know, kind of Northern European freckly mm -hmm. skin. But I love to see it shining. So. <laughs> oh, I do too. Like my ancestors stayed pretty north before they went west to, to England and then, you know, popped on the boat over here like in the 1600s. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but we like, we like to see that sun shining. It just makes everything feel so better, so much better. When I started researching Delius for this episode, I thought that it would be great to, you know, listen to some of his music because I'd never heard of him before I started digging into it for the song. And when I listened to the song that Kate Bush references later in the song, where she says, to be sung of the summer night on the water, she's directly referencing a choral piece of music that he wrote in 1917, two songs to be sung of a summer night on the water. And I thought, well, I'm going to play that in the episode. But I have to say that as I was listening to this for the first time, I thought, wow, this reminds me so much of Hymn of the Faith from Final Fantasy X. So for comparison purposes, here is a clip of said Hymn of the Faith. And then right after that, we're going to get into the clip of Two Songs Be Sung of a Summer Night on the Water by Frederick Delius. And now here's two songs to be sung of a summer night on the water by Frederick Delius.
1928, a young man from Yorkshire called Eric Fenby stepped off a train just outside Paris and made a hesitant call on the blind and paralysed composer Frederick Delius. Delius was slowly dying from syphilis and Fenby was going to try to help to break through the wall of frustration and pain which entombed that old man. He was, in fact, going to write down the music which the sick man would try to dictate to him. And the first attempt was absolutely catastrophic. Hold it. Have you got that? Now sing it. Delius, what key is it in? A minor. Well, I can't. We'll try again. Ta 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 ta. It would help if you called out the notes. Then I could. Oh, very well. A B C B C D C D A C. Have you got that? I'm afraid not, sir. Well, try again. Ta ta ta. That was Fenby, played by Christopher Gable, and Delius and his wife Yelka, played by Max Adrian and Maureen Pryor, both now sadly dead, in Ken Russell's memorable BBC 1968 omnibus film. Now, what I think is very interesting about this, too, now, I, later, I did around the time I was first exposed to that uh, interview with Russell Hardy, I did run out and I found um, Eric Fenby's book, uh, what is it, um, oh, My Life with, no, it's not My Life with Delius, is it My Life with Delius? No, I think it is My Life with Delius, I mean, I'm looking through my notes to see if I wrote what it was Delius my friend or oh Delius as I know, knew him that's yeah, it Delius as I knew him mm-hmm. and I read that at the time now there was nothing I mean there was a great deal of you know he talking about his, the process and all of that but there was the the ta 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 stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't in there and um I didn't make you know the further connection until um, and, and of course, in that interview, um, Kate does mention that she had been she had seen the Ken Russell film, mm-hmm. a, a Song of Summer, and then eventually I did see that film, and it all became you know crystal clear. Um, Same here. Yeah, the in the ta ta ta. Actually, I think it's interesting because she does the, in Patty. I think it's Patty Bush who's mm-hmm. doing ta yeah, ta ta. Exactly, but. In the movie, it's more ta 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 ta. Hold it, mm-hmm. ta 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 ta. Hold it, like that. But either way, like the guy, I mean, he may have been able to orchestrate, like, come up with ho- whole orchestrations in his head. But dude, don't go on American Idol because you can't. <laughs> hold a note. You cannot hold a note. I'm sorry. And yeah, I actually watched the movie because I found it in full on YouTube, and I went. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to watch this. And so I watched it and I got to see like when when Fenby his his mentor and his friend, 
you know, comes up to him and he's totally, he's supposed to dictate. And the guy's just like, ta, ta, ta. And he's like looking like, okay, what note is that? What? And just like the confusion on his face. And, oh. Oh, it was so hard on the poor guy too. And it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I just remember, and I remember reading like how painful it was. And that, you know, mm. Delius was, I, if I'm not, if I, if I if I'm correct, he was a very strong, outspoken atheist. Yeah, he he actually yeah he he was a like I don't believe in God and I think religion is stupid. Like he was almost like I don't know Richard Dawkins for his day, if you will, like angry atheist. But yeah, he um kind of like looking here, I, I found found some stuff about him. He uh, he was born Frederick Theodore Albert Delius, born January 29th, 1862, and died on June 10th, 1934. He was born in the north of England to a prosperous mercantile family, and he was actually sent to Florida in 1884 to manage an orange plantation and some of like the way he would listen to the workers and the like the different gospel and kind of the, like the roots of blues music from the workers working on the plantations that he incorporated that into some of his music and he started composing he did go to do some formal music study in Germany but then went on as a full-time composer in Paris and he he did get married to a woman named Yelka However, um, when he was in Paris, he was not faithful to his wife. And because of his many dalliances, he, in 1918, began to suffer from a wonderful disease called syphilis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's that. There you go. And that's this is what I find so fascinating about this song, because... Well, among other things, the syphilis component, because, and I don't, I, I still sometimes wonder, like, why didn't they print the Latin that Kate is singing in the liner notes? Was it, interesting. yeah, was it a kind of, you know, bourgeois kind of like, let's just avoid mentioning syphilis here and if people can figure it out that's cool if they can't you know it's still just beautiful vocals that you don't have to necessarily understand but you have that you know i mean really syphilis unfortunately was the center of his life at that time and it was mm -hmm. like um and i'm sorry remind me as a Yelka or Yelka? Yeah, I think it's Yelka. It's J-E-L-K-A. -E and I think I remember from the movie when I watched it a few weeks ago, um, his research for this uh, for this episode that he was pronouncing it as Yelka. But they, I don't think they had any kids. It was They just lived together. And she was aware that he wasn't faithful to her and it upset her sometimes. But she never said anything really to him. Because, oh, he's Mr. Genius Guy, and nobody can say anything, and yeah. yeah. Well, he was kind of, you know, it's interesting because I go back to that that Russell Hardy interview, mm -hmm. um, that panel, and, you know, when they show the Kate Bush video, and Russell asks um, Fenby, like, what do you think 
uh, Delius would make of, and I, mm-hmm. I, Russell Hardy just drives me crazy sometimes in some of those interviews because that he says something like that little display from Kate Bush, and you know, Fenby of course is very um, generous. He's very kind, and he says, "Oh, I think it would be, he would have appreciated it. He would have." But I don't think he really would have. I've always thought like he was such a bad-tempered guy, you know, ill-tempered, especially being ill. And I can understand that, but... Eric Fenby, the real Eric Fenby, is now 74. He survived that first startling encounter with Delius and for the next six years became the composer's eyes and hands. Miss Kate Bush, she saw the omnibus Delius all those years ago in 1968, the one we've been looking at, and recently, by the slow process of time, turned her idea into one of her own characteristic song fantasies. Ladies and gentlemen, Kate Bush. You did see the 1968 Omnibus film. Yes. It stayed with you in your head. Yes, that was what was responsible, really, for inspiring the song and me getting into his music as well. You listened to him? Yes, I have, but really only in the last year. And I can't understand why I didn't listen before. It's so beautiful. But you mentioned Eric Fenby's name in your song. I'm not sure whether you heard that, Dr Fenby, but you are up there with the greats, kid, at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) What's the actual line, Kate? It says in B. Fen- oh, in B. In B, Fenby, it B. says in B. What is B? Oh. In the, the key of B. Oh, in the key of B. The B key, not B. Oh, I but, think but B. What do you think Frederick Delius would have thought if he'd seen that uh, Kate Bush display that we just witnessed? Well, uh, Delius uh, uh, was a great individualist, and uh, I think uh, he would have applauded you for at least doing your thing your own way, because he hated uh, uh, copyists whether it was in music or anything else. And uh, I think he would, have, he would have accepted that as a very gracious tribute. But in the, it is a great, it's quite a gracious tribute, It then, is. It? I think so, yes. You do push yes, your no. targets, Kate, that you, you push your targets fairly up market, don't you? And we've had... Uh, haven't we been into Bronte land? Haven't we? Yes, we have. We, we, uh, no, uh, no, was it Cathy and Heathcliff? Yes, of course it was. And uh, now we're into Delius. Where is, where is the arrow of your powerful intellect going to fall next, I wonder? <laughs> Well, I think the key is emotion. Uh, Julian said it just a moment ago. The thing about Julius's music is it's so emotional. It is. And really, that is what art is. Art is pure emotion. And so anyone that is full of it will attract me, obviously, because I'm... I'm looking for the same thing. I'm tuning into the same thing. Delius But there was only one Delius, wasn't there? Only one, Perhaps. Now, one thing I, I did, and this was a while ago, though, I looked up in, I think it was, yeah, Wikipedia to see, you know, like maybe if there was any Kate Bush mentions in either Fenby's bio or Delius's. And I think it's very interesting because whoever maintains those pages, now this is a while ago and maybe things have changed I don't know. You mm-hmm. might be able to correct me. But first of all, there was nothing mentioned about her. And so, of course, probably those pages mm-hmm. are maintained by a Delius Foundation or something. But I kind of thought that there was a bit of snobbism, maybe in all of this, that where, you know, Kate Bush doing this just wasn't 
something that Delius would have appreciated. But Fenby, being the kind of person that he was, and you have to you have to think like so politic, so accommodating. Um, yeah. he, he would naturally applaud it or you know encourage it, and it's kind of interesting too because. At the same time, I find that nowhere is Kate trying to do a Delius, let's say. She's doing mm -hmm. herself. She's telling a story. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to sound like Delius's music because I've, I've got recordings of his music and I can't really correlate it to Kate's song in terms of you know a melody or anything, um, an approach. But uh, again... They're two very different things. And I would, I guess, just on a personal level, hope that if Delius had seen the video, heard the song, he would have been, you know, kind. But he just seemed like such a, such a curmudgeon. And um, oh, that yeah. poor Fenby, what he had to go through, you know, dealing with him and getting his work out because, you know, such an important part of you know Delius's later life and his his legacy and and so on so um but what I think too is now of course you can go online you can see the Latin lyrics um mm -hmm. I've I've professionally I, I work in linguistics and everything so I'm always doing a Google translates on things and um and when you translate that uh Latin it's very obvious and it's like you know this um delius loves and mm -hmm. syphilis is in there and you know it's almost like depending on where you put the comma let's put it that way or the break and the line you can say he's a syphilis god or he loves syphilis or you know it's just very clever again on her part to be able yeah. to incorporate that in and do it in a way that's One thing that I find in some of these songs, there's that occult-like aspect to Kate's work. That, and when I say occult, I don't mean, you know, uh, witchcraft necessarily um, or Wicca, but I'm talking about those secret things, those things that are hidden that you have to just find. And um, and even going back to the whole Apollo aspect of this. Um, I remember thinking like, okay, he's a moody old man in the lyrics. Maybe that was just her way of saying, you know, like singing about one of the old gods and, um, you know, in kind of a familiar term. Uh, Apollo's mm. just a moody old man. The Song of Summer's in his hand, you know. And the other thing, too, I have to say that I just always found fascinating is that uh, her her whole... Well, the the kind of elevating of the figure in the video, um, so it's up high. The sun is the the sun um, piece is covering the face, so you can't see a face. And then you have this kind of 
uh, priestess, goddess, um, at the feet of this entity, this deity, and dressed as a swan. Um, again, it kind of can take you off on that tangent of uh, really uh, deifying this composer. Now, I don't know, Delia certainly isn't one of my favorite composers. I don't deify him. I don't know. Me neither. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to... I mean, from, from watching the movie about him, he, yeah, he was indeed a moody old man. I mean, on the one hand, he had every excuse to be because he was rendered blind and paralyzed due to his very, his dalliances. But, okay, you got somebody who's, I'm your biggest fan, Eric Finby, who's willing to come and help you try and dictate your music because you can't do anything and you're being kind of a, you're being a bit of a dick about it, you know? Totally. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I can see over the course of the movie that he, they start to form some kind of friendship and that's good. I mean, I'm glad they finally did after, and apparently it was true, I guess, that they had a bit of a rocky start, but like, dude, somebody's just trying to help you. Like, Lay off, okay? Just be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I totally... And I think, you know, when you look at his background, Delis's background, and, you know, he did come from, you know, a very uh, privileged life. And mm. then with his music, um, you know, and, of course, poor Ed Fenby, he came from an entirely different background. And, yeah. you know, um, I give him so much credit and I, I haven't, I, I, it's not an area of research that I'm, you know, I've ever pursued and everything, but I, I kind of wonder about the current assessment by music scholars of, of Delius and to what extent it was Fenby who made him great later in life mm -hmm. rather True. than the, the, the so-called, you know, genius. You know, all that aside, the vocals her vocals are so oh exquisite, my gosh. you know, just going out of babushka and into this other, this taking the glass breaking from babushka and turning it into um, the summer, like let's call it the grotto that she suddenly starts to inhabit and the singing about summer and the night on the water. Again, uh, I think more than just a gracious tribute, I think Kate went, you know, she just goes that extra mile there. Let's put it that way. That, uh, you know, this isn't just some, and it, you know, I guess she has her literary, certainly, you know, her literary points of reference and so on. But in this, it's not literary. It's about a true, it's a true story. It's not fiction that she's singing about. It's an actual story that she she puts in almost this fictitious setting. And mm -hmm. that's what I love about her because it becomes this almost magic realism that only she, I can't think of any other, um, <laughs> you know, contemporary music artist who can do that. Or, you know, and of course she gets, she back then and today she gets her flack and, you know, the pretentiousness, perhaps, that some see in it, or, you know, the the, the bourgeois kind of, you know, well, of course, she's... Mm -hmm. But to me, it's what she says to, to Russell Hardy is it's about the emotion. It's all mm -hmm. about that emotion and trying to 
grasp that and do, do something with it. I have to say too, the song in itself was one thing. Seeing her sing the song, or listening to her for a time singing it, you know, that was enough. That could, that would have been enough. Then seeing the video, and mm. and the, you know, the, to be honest too, like I can't remember if it was first shown on Russell Hardy's show, or if it was shown of all places on the Doctor Hook special. Actually, it was shown there. It was actually shown twice because I looked up like, okay, like what? Because I remember like reading that it was for a show. Like, okay, well, what show? It was shown uh, during a Doctor Hook TV special on April seventh, nineteen eighty, and during the Russell Hardy show on Dece on November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty. So it was shown twice. But what's interesting is that they f they obviously put a lot of time and effort into the into the video but it's not on any video compilations of her music which i just find a little bit puzzling actually <laughs> it is you're absolutely right and now um one more time was mm -hmm. it on the dr hook show first or on russell hardy first it looks like it was on dr hook first okay. that was that in makes April. it even stranger <laughs> yeah like and, and yeah, they apparently like the whole video, I, I, I went into this like, okay, why did they do this music video for a song that didn't even wasn't even released as a single? It was a B side for I think Irving Dreamers, but it wasn't like a single like you would hear on the radio like Babushka. And it was because apparently the BBC asked for two numbers that would that were supposed to appear on the album and they chose babushka and delius so they did videos for uh, delius and babushka and i th i'm pretty sure the one for the doctor hook special was the one where like on one side she was dressed one way and then she turned around and yes. she was like big jumpsuit okay so they did delius for uh when they decided to do delius they wanted to do more props and there's actually this really interesting story of like, with, especially with the swan, like you mentioning the swan and the, and everything. I thought this was this like the coolest thing. Apparently they, here's what they did to, to like make it look like she was gliding like a swan. This was a, something that Patty wrote for the Kate Bush newsletter in spring 1980. He says, um, how to make Kate glide like a swan, though? I tried several ideas, strapping skateboards and other devices to Kate's left leg so that when she knelt down, she could push off the one leg and try to balance on the other. But the result was usually that Kate would fall flat on her face or spiral around in circles several times and then fall flat on her face. There was So there was really only one way. Early on the morning of... March 18th, Andrew and I went to the BBC Television Center at Shepherd's Bush and took up the entire floor of Studio 4. We used pneumatic road drills and that sort of stuff, and then we installed a sophisticated linear motor drive tracking system. Two 15-foot diameter, 6,000-volt electromagnets providing the impetus. 
Then we covered it all up again. They are very strict about that sort of thing at the BBC. The rest is quite simple. Put a sun mask on Delius, put him in the wheelchair, put a rug on his knees, nail the wheelchair to the set, otherwise it will become airborne under the influence of the magnetic field. <laughs> I'm cracking up thinking of that. Whee! Delius, go flying! Uh, cover the set with a few old leaves, strap a three feet of iron girder to Kate's left leg, and by carefully manipulating the hidden control panel under my blanket in the bath chair, control Kate's motion as she hovers on the magnetic field. Oh, by the way, I played the part of Delius. <laughs> Oh my god. And then it gets this never. and then it gets even better. But how, I hear you ask, could I see anything from behind the mask and yet you could apparently see my hand moving outside the blanket? Well, that was accomplished by an old-fashioned party trick. Andrew stood behind me and poked his hands through my armpit so that he appeared to be attached <laughs> to me. He carefully monitored Kate's movements by a complex set system of mirrors and whispered to me Kate's exact location. That way we were able to create quite an exceedingly clever illusion. Would you not agree? Oh my gosh, that's fascinating. I've never... I yeah, and all that for a Doctor Who or a Doctor Hook special. I mean, my goodness. No, it would have been cool That's... if she were on Doctor Who. It would be very British of her, but apparently no. no for <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who, I can see doing all that. Doctor Hook, it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Oh, I think she. I think they put far too much effort into it for Doctor Hook. But I love it. I'm so glad. Mm. That is fascinating. I know. I have to I went, go back whoa. and look at knowing that now. I can't wait to to go back and look at that video because mm-hmm. I just thought she was. Well, Kate Bush is so graceful, and you know, she's such a, a you know to quote someone a lovely mover that I just figured she was just very much um you know doing everything on her own but that's fascinating i love the arm mm-hmm. through, the the arm of delius and oh, yeah. the old trick there because excuse me that kind of makes a certain kind of sense now when you when i think of that video and see him kind of like tapping out the time the toss but oh my gosh thank you that i am so <laughs> glad to have heard that because had no idea. I just remember, and I, I really, I'm so glad there are now places where you can see um, that video without the Dr. Hook surroundings because that always just, back in the day, I remember when I got the bootleg, you know, it's like, they were kind of like, in a nice way, um, poking fun at her on that show, if I remember correctly, and he's like, and now you're not going to believe this. We got this song, and, you know, it's the the delicious Kate Bush. And, mm. you know, they totally, like, it was just like, ooh, this is so painful. And, you know, just the way they were kind of fawning over her and objectifying her and mm. poking fun out of her. And all the time, she just held her composure and took it in stride. And you're gonna see next is gonna kill you because it killed us. And Billy's gonna tell you about it. You tell him, tell him the name of it, of the Kate song. Okay, I'm gonna try it. Right. right. And here's the delicious Kate. Let me do it. <laughs> here's the ever delicious Miss Kate Bush. You know, is is a a very um, just a, I think a very. Uh, politic person that she is and uh, generous person that she is 
but that that just puts it in a whole different i really i seriously i think they they put far too much work into that but you know it was big you know dr hook hook was big at the time and that was a lot of exposure so i guess they wanted to do it right yeah. do it the right way so to speak so but and now Indeed. we all forget about dr hook and we have this beautiful video uh, of kate so very lovely. Thank you so much for talking about Delius. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Just terrific, as always. Um, mm -hmm. It's just wonderful speaking with you. And I, I really appreciate your generosity and kind of, you know, engaging me in this because aren't too many people out there that I can have this kind of conversation <laughs> with. So I appreciate it. Of course, anytime. It's always great talking to you. Okay. Goodbye. If you have a favorite Kate Bush song or even a couple songs that you would love to talk about for a future episode, or if you know something about this week's episode that we didn't get to in our discussion, you can contact me either on Facebook, facebook.com slash Kate Bush podcast, or on Twitter at strangekatecast, or you can email me kbcast at linkmedia.com. That's link with an E. And also my official website is kbcast.linkmedia.com. Again, link with an E. We will see everybody next week when I get to make a transatlantic call to London to chat with a fan all about the song Blow Away for Bill. See everybody next week. Some of the things that really I like about that song, too, is that and I'm not all that conversant in uh, music uh, structure and so on. I did, I studied piano for most of my life or young life, but I was always, uh, I have to play the notes. I, I my, uh, in terms of theory, I was terrible. But what I mm -hmm. love about Delius is it does have this kind of jazz, this, um, Oh yeah, jazzy aspect to it um, that hadn't really heard before in a Kate Bush song, in you know, like Lionheart and so on, and um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. And then the I have to say the the male backing vocals. This is something that I've always I just love so much about so many of Kate's songs. And I'm going to go way back now and. One of my favorite songs of all time, period, by anyone, is Oh To Be In Love from The mm. Kick Inside. And part of it is I love those very pronounced male backing vocals that, oh, 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 to be in love, oh, oh, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I feel <laughs> there's a bit of that in Delius again. We, we ah. revisit that. So, but that's all I've got to say. Um, I'll leave it at that because I, I'm not, um, 
I'm not all that conversant in music theory, as I said. I'm pretty good. Happy July 4th. Yay! Yeah, same to you. It's ironic we're going to be talking about Kate Bush on the day that uh, we have our independence from Britain. I know. <laughs> you know, I just kind of realized that early, like, oh, wait, this is kind of cool. <laughs> it is. It kind of goes back to, oh, England, my lion heart. It does, yep. How are you handling the heat? Everything? Uh... Oh, um... Staying inside a lot, actually. How, how about up there? Is it, hopefully it's not too oh, hot up there where you are? It's sweltering, yes. Ugh. It's just like, oh. And we have kind of an old house that um, doesn't have any central air. And it has these weird modern mid-century windows that we can't put wall or window uh, units in. So mm-hmm. we don't know what we're going to do. It's all part of the renovation experience, but uh, it's just like, oh my gosh. I was looking at pools today. I said, I think maybe we just need to, I don't like <laughs> above ground pools typically, but you know, beggars can't be choosers when it's hot like this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and <know>? it's, <laughs> And it's just funny, we're, we're talking about the sweltering heat, and we're about to talk about a song that's, you know, Song of Summer. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. yeah. That's it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. Fantasy Points.